your girl TT from TT Talks. I'm so excited to be back behind the mic again to deliver you some great content. Thank you so much for all of your support thus far. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast on Google Play Music, on iTunes Podcast, on SoundCloud. Uh, make sure that you're on social media following me. I'm on Facebook, TT Talks, T-I-T-I Space Talks. I'm on Instagram at TT Talks. I'm on Twitter at Miss TT Talks, that's M-S. And you can also email me at Miss, that's M-S, TT Talks at gmail.com. You can also uh, follow me on YouTube, uh, TT Talks, T-I-T-I space Talks. Um, soon I'll be putting my podcast up there so you can follow me there and I'll have other, you know, footage of random stuff that's going on in my life. So thanks again for rocking with me. Y'all are going to enjoy this show with my brother Jay English, where we're talking about getting our minds and our spirits together. Peace, family. Thank you for joining me again on TT Talks. I'm up in the studio right now with my brother. Hey. Jay English, a.k.a. Honest English, a.k.a. Clips. Love, love, peace, peace. What's up, everybody? Hey, I'm so excited to have this brother here. I have known this brother for a very long time. We go way, way back to uh, college yoga classes and meditation classes. And so that's why I'm bringing this brother on because he, um, he really took this accelerated path in in the yoga and, and meditation and spiritual tradition and um he's got a lot of good information and i just wanted to bring the brother on so he can share brother thank you so much for coming on thank you for having me always a pleasure to see you and and and, and have you here and we just gonna talk about a little bit tell us a little bit about yourself talk to us a little bit about who you are and what you do okay um my name is jay english also known as honors english i'm a professor father artist, you know, also spiritual teacher. And, um, you know, I started in terms of the spiritual side of things, doing classes online. I started teaching classes online, which was an interesting process for me because it kind of meant that my audience would be out of town. So, you know, that built for a little while. And then I kind of started doing retreats and a lot of the retreats I did even were out of town. And then recently I started doing more stuff in town and I started doing like um, one-on-one sessions. Um, so now I kind of have like those three things going at the same time. And like right now I have a sacred sexuality tour going. And so it's like, you know, Houston, Chicago, uh, New York, DC, New Orleans. And we just trying to spread the love, spread the good vibes, spread the knowledge. You know, it's a lot of different spiritual doors that I kind of unlock. I kind of consider myself like a spiritual scientist. So it's not, you know, the everyday stuff that we cover. So we kind of push things to the limit and try to expose people to things they otherwise wouldn't get a chance to get exposed to. That's what's up. That's what I, what's up. And and I've had the, the the privilege to not only, you know, sit behind beside him as a as a as a fellow student with our mentor, you know, word. Dr. Denard, word the Baba Kamal. Word. And uh, but also I have been a student um, with Jay. I've taken a couple of his classes. I've taken his um, you know, intro to meditation classes, I've taken his heart chakra classes and you know, I'm just I just really want to stress to y'all meditation and, and being able to control your mind mm. is the key to all of this shit. <laughs> you need to learn how you need to be in control of your emotions and you need to be in control of your mind. And so I know, you know, he's at the point now where he's seeing clients for energy healing yes. for different types of training. Yeah, yeah, and I did an energy yes. healing session too. Yes, it was yes, fire. Yes, I was yes, feeling yes, good, yes, man. Yes, I was walking around shocking people like hey. that. <laughs> Energy was fantastic. But you know, it's you know, I want you to talk a little bit about the clientele that you see. What are you seeing like in our age group, like the twenties to forties range? What what kind of energy are you seeing when we you know, when we're coming to see you? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Well, I will say that most of my clientele is definitely women, mm-hmm. right? Definitely black women primarily. Um what I notice is in a lot of ways, people end up disheveled. Well, a lot of black women I, I experience end up disheveled based on their relationship to masculinity. Mm. That's the primary thing. Like when I, when, when I see men, they don't talk and articulate themselves in that same way. But almost all the women that I see is something about either my man is messing up. I can't wait to get a man. I can't wait to get rid of my man. 
it's just that and it's really a heart thing right mm-hmm. so there's a lot of heart blockages that I end up working with women on and once those blockages get cleared up typically they change their relationship to masculinity so they either get rid of a guy or they force a guy to kind of step up to the plate or whatever the case and that really improves the quality of their life but that's a lot of the work that I see um, just in general is um, people coming through the door and they're like you know I had such and such problem, of course, tracing back to my father wasn't there or my father was abusive, da 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 And as we go in and we clear up that old trauma, they're able to kind of rectify and see through a different lens and stop repeating those same old patterns. Mm. And what are you seeing with the, I know you can't tell it's mostly women, but you know, I'm starting to see, particularly in your groups online, mm-hmm. there's a lot more men who are kind of coming in, who are being interactive. Yeah. And so what are you seeing with the men? Um, well, we're pushing for that. And uh, next year, I'm going to make a conscious push to kind of get more men involved. Um, with brothers, it's a little different. Most of the time, brothers are kind of working on trying to open up. Mm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They're, in general, just closed off. Um, society makes men kind of carry themselves in sort of like a... I mean, we're not... You know, you don't got to go out and hunt, but like a warrior. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, so they, they, they're not relaxed. They're not open. They're not vulnerable. And so it's difficult a lot of times for the energy to even move or for their mind to settle because they're in a slightly sort of like inflamed state. With them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so I really talk to them about balance and stepping into both a healthy masculine and then embracing their feminine both. You know, because a lot of times they're like stuck in a dysfunctional masculine only you know Mm -hmm. um and once they kind of get aware of that you know over time gradually you know they pan out and they start to balance out and it becomes a a beautiful evolution a lot of times you know those brothers are are the brothers these women are are going after yeah you know yeah so it's, it's a beautiful thing that's awesome that's awesome and so you know what are some if somebody who's never meditated they don't um, they, they've never they don't have any type of experience with any type of yoga or tantric practice or anything like that like where do you recommend that they can just kind of begin just to get some foundational information um that's a good question i honestly don't there's not like one go-to like mm-hmm. meditation book that i like mm-hmm. um there's a book that osho has called meditation the first and the last freedom that's okay um but that's why I have a meditation class. I recommend people just take the class. The class is really simple mm-hmm. um, to the point. I don't offer it all the time right now, but starting in a month or so, I'm about to allow enrollment year round and just allow people to watch the recordings if they want to. And then if they want to go live, then, you know, I'll do it like every other month or so. Um, but yeah, I have a couple of, cl- of um, free videos. Mm-hmm. Um, online where people can watch them and, and, and kind of tune in and whether it be like an instructional video of how to meditate or just like some free med- guided meditations I've done um, those are useful and you know there's also a number of different like um, uh, Amrit Yoga which is the place where I kind of got trained they have a, a, a yoga channel I mean they have a YouTube channel and I would recommend people to tune into them too they have some pretty good resources that's what's up and and at the end of everything i'm gonna have him give all of the information where you can find the stuff website youtube you know facebook groups um that way anybody who's listening if they're interested and they want to get plugged in you can definitely do that and tell them tt sent you hey <laughs> tell them tt sent you um and Auntie. so that's right that's right that's right um and so talk a little bit about what like meditation and, and, and focusing your energy and learning how to control your mind. Like, what has that done for your life, just on a personal level? Mm, man, it's almost like a different life. Mm. Um, like a different lifetime is what I mean by that. Um, you know, as a young person, I, I'm, I'm from the hood. I'm from Trenton, New Jersey, where, you know, it's a lot of, like, drugs and violence mainly. Trenton makes... <laughs> the world takes, The right? world takes. That's right, that's Let a fact. Let me tell you, some that's of my favorite fact. people from Trenton, you Hey. Know? Shout out to Trenton. Yes, yes, shout out, love, love, because we need it over there, for sure. Yeah. Um, But, um, it's, it's, you Temperatures know, rising over there, boy. Sheesh. Man. So, like, it just, you know, for the second time, my mom hit me up not too long ago about the street that my grandma lives on, just getting shot up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Bullet holes in her car and all that stuff. That's so, crazy. You know, it, it's that type of environment, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, um, you know, 
I, I spent some of my time there, some of my time with my dad. But the thing about that was just that I absorbed a lot of the kind of angst and the mm-hmm. anger that's just ambient in, in the hood and, and then getting yourself into situations because you're just like, yo, I'm a young person, ain't nobody going to beat up my cousin type vibes. You know what I'm saying? It mm-hmm. puts you in a lot of situations where I'm in front of police officers and whatever, dealing with a lot of the kind of underworld layer that, that I wouldn't necessarily naturally be attracted to, but it just becomes a part of, of your life in the hood. Um, and then, you know, as I went to school, I always really just wanted to study like they keep saying these ancient people did all this crazy stuff like i want to find out how to do the crazy stuff. you see what i'm saying like it was curiosity it wasn't like you know uh, um was pushed by anything like in some type of trauma you know what i mean a lot of times people are like trying to like heal a specific thing but i was just like i just want to know how to do this i just want to know how to do that and i just kept wanting to know and i mean i still i'm curious and that just drew me to a number of teachers, you know, Ababa Kamal being one of them, mm-hmm. um, really an instrumental figure for me. And um, so I did a number of trainings with him and his teacher and a number of other people after that. And, you know, for me, the biggest thing is, you know, peace is the foundation to me of, of like a sanity. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And people mm-hmm. have no peace in their lives. I don't even have to, we don't need to go to a psychologist. You're going to be crazy. Like, if you don't have no peace in your life, you're going to be crazy. Because fundamentally and energetically, all things dissolve back into a silence, a stillness. If they don't dissolve, you basically just have a thousand windows open. And there's mm. no way that you can have focus. There's mm. no way that you can have organization when you have a thousand unfinished things energetically running inside of you. Old memories, unfinished trauma, stuff from yesterday, stuff from the future, all running at the same time. You mm. have to come to a place of... Right? that silence and then from that you can be present and then from there what I found unfolds is the different layers of you so your heart can be open and as your heart is open then joy comes as as joy comes then the everyday things that people go through where they're like man I don't want to do this I'm, it's boring or I don't want to do this um, I'm worried about it you can embrace, em, embrace it from a more energized and a more focused and a more happy perspective so it kind of opens the door for you to be able to navigate life better um from a mental perspective, you know, I have like just meditating. Let's just explain like somehow it's on a practical level. Like sometimes I um, like, let's say shoot a video, right? Like I had a video I shot with a brother recently in Jacksonville and I got the idea for the video. I hit him up that day. We drove there, got there, shot it, turned around, came back and I edited the video nonstop and had it out. I shot it on, I think Sunday, had it out by Tuesday. Right, but that was like an 80 hour meditation basically. I was in focus the whole time, focus. I I never Mm -hmm. broke my meditation. I had a vision and I put that vision all the way out to the point where I dropped it. And it's like just the ability to be able to do stuff like that and have that concentration, it takes time, but it makes it so there's really not much you can't do, really. Because Mm -hmm. with organization and with concentration, apply over time, you know, that's really how you are able to move mountains, really, at Mm -hmm. the end of the day. So, um, that's another thing. Of course, it can impact your like sexual world, right? Sure. So I have I have a um, a retreat where I kind of talk about living orgasmically, and that's a whole <laughs> another conversation in a way. But um, you know, shifting how people think about sexuality and how people experience it. A lot of times, people experience it as something that's very just basic or look at it in a negative way. And it can be spiritual. It can be expensive. It can be healing. It can be balancing. Um, so that's that's another thing. And then and then the last thing I'll say is just, you know, over time, it becomes this thing where you're steadily like in a blissful state, mm-hmm. um, which really means that, you know, life is good. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what people go through the ups and downs and I'm, I'm just steady and I'm just watching. I watch the up and the down and the up, up, up and the down, down, down. And I'm just like, I'm here. I'm good. You know, mm-hmm. and there's a certain steadiness to you. Um, and with that, it's at the core of your being. So it's not really a concern about like, man, will this happen tomorrow? Will this happen yesterday? Or, or this happened yesterday? Those things are more like, you know, weather, but your sky is good. So no matter what, no matter what weather comes, your sky is, is, is pleasant. Mm-hmm. I like that. Good. The sky going to be all right. It's almost like when you be on the plane and it's crazy and then you get above the clouds. Yes. And it's like beautiful. And you look down and it's like crazy. Crazy, right, right, right. But like up above, it's like so... I understand that. And that's definitely what meditation has, has done for me. It's made me um, very calm. I naturally have a very anxious energy, mm. a, a very... And people would be surprised to hear me say that because people are usually you like, energy, you're right? super chill, yeah. you're super chill. But that's just because I've worked on it for, you know, well over a decade. And then when you do that, you know, you can you can be relaxed. Like, I used to be so nervous and anxious when I was little. I would, like, puke. 
wow. Like I would just be like, oh, you know, you know. But you know what it does is it it reins you in. And it makes you see yourself. And sometimes you don't always like that, but you deal with that too in the meditation too over time. You deal with yourself. And then you get to the point where you're starting to deal with ancient selves. When you start to deal with ancient energy. Yeah, you start to deal ancestral stuff, you know, because I didn't, you know, I didn't have, you know, ancestors show up and say some stuff. But that only happens when you're consistent with the practice. You don't sit down day one and then grandma and them just show up. (laughs) That's not how any of this works. You know what? Sometimes it actually does happen like that, but for the most part, it does I I agree with you. Some people be popping sometimes. Right, right, right. Every once in a while, somebody just jumping. Some people may be popping and, you know, (laughs) hey, I can't speak on that, but, um, you know, but the thing is you have to be consistent. You have to be dedicated. And what it does is it kind of builds your spiritual endurance so that you can be able to do, cause some people they've had an idea sitting with them for years. You had an idea sitting with you for days and you were able to immediately spit it out. You know what I'm saying? But when your mind and your spirit is filled with a lot of clutter and a lot of old spiritual debris, it's going to just sit. It's going to be stagnant. And yeah. and you, I remember the other day you were talking a lot about stagnant energy. And, oh, yeah. you know, I'm seeing a lot of depression and anxiety, particularly in our age group. You know, and depression is like you are living a little bit too much in the past. Yes. And anxiety, you're living a little bit too much in the future. I swear. I swear. And so everybody is just in this crazy state of, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda, or oh shit, what's going to happen? And they're missing everything that's happening Absolutely. in the present. Um, there's a lot of beautiful things that are happening in the present. And so, you know, I appreciate him for, you know, putting these resources together so that people can learn to live uh, in a more peaceful way, can learn how to kind of sort through that spiritual matter. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, people, and just from what I know from our peers, they done been through some shit. Yeah. I've been really blessed to where I haven't had a tremendously hard life. You know, there's not a lot of traumatic things have happened to me. Um, you know, there's been some, but, you know, nothing that, you know, completely just took me out yeah. spiritually. I mean, I know some people that have been through some stuff who've seen people being killed, who, yeah. you know, been raped, been molested, yeah. had been physically abused, been abandoned. Really huge things have lost children, have Absolutely. lost parents at an early age you know been adopted and and things just didn't go well after that you know like really traumatic situations and so um for the people out there who have had deep 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 trauma who are listening and who are just like you know who maybe feel like this may not even be enough to help me Hmm. you know give them some 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 encouragement some light on you know what is the next step that they can take Hmm. um that is a really long conversation in a way. Yeah. Um, but, but um, you know, I'm a person for cheat codes and shortcuts. So I'll say a few things that I feel like are, are, are ways to kind of quantum leap past a lot of stuff. One thing is to know that there is a part of you that is deeper than any trauma could touch. Mm-hmm. Right. And there is a part of you that is, um, you know, a sister asked me one day, she was like, you know, she had experienced uh, some sexual trauma. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, my wound, it hurts. I feel like I'm permanently damaged. And I feel like there's nothing that can be done. And I said to her, I said, well, here's the thing. You got to think about it like this. Your whole blueprint is already there. And it's already intact. Even if the actual hardware right now might seem damaged, there is still a program and the program is intact. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, look, when you came here, you were just, you know, you started out as just a few cells. And those few cells knew how to create a whole thing intact. That's still there. That knowledge is still there. That universal intelligence is always there and you can always tap into it. And that's really the bottom line is that, you know, there is a source energy, a universal intelligence that we can tap into that no matter what happens, in this lifetime, a previous lifetime, a future lifetime, there's a timeless layer to us mm-hmm. that that's that's always there. So that's one thing to shift from. I am a person that experienced this trauma. I am this victim. I am this powerless person. I'm this helpless person. To actually, I'm trying to get to know myself and my real self is beyond all of that. And once you anchor yourself in that, you will see that a lot of the pain that you're holding on to, you experienced it. But it was a long time ago. 
And the only reason why it's still there is because your mind is holding it. And as soon as you let it go, it will start to dissolve because energy naturally wants to move. It actually doesn't want to stay there. It's kind of like you got bags, you tired of holding them, and the bag's tired of being held. Just go ahead and let go, right? And part of that, a lot of that starts with the mind. Beyond that, of course, there's energy, right? So, you know, um, people have tension, tension at the physical level. They may be stiff and you are a person that works with the hand. So, you know, you know, they might mm -hmm. have tension in their shoulders or their back or their heart or whatever the case. Um, and then also, of course, people have emotional tension. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the thing about all of those things is that, you know, we have long term things that we've held on to and then they become part of our personality, mm. a part of our identity. Right. And sometimes a person will be like, well, I'm just not that type of person. Mm. You know, like I'm just not a social person. I don't want to go outside or I'm just not a sexual person. Like, in other words, whole parts of them will shut down and they'll just call it their personality. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, that's where the growing a lot of times has to happen. Um, where it's really you allowing the energy to kind of teach you rather than you thinking because I live in this one 25% layer of me that's me and that's all there is to it because when you get uh, traumatized a lot of times it pushes you away from some part of you right and it splits you mm -hmm. and that old part of you is kind of trapped typically in that age and you know when certain things come up people at that age Right when it, you know, it was like you know, mm -hmm. a thing might come up where a person was abused sexually, and then when it comes time for them to be in an intimate space, they start talking like a little child, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And they very much mm -hmm. start reverting back to that self that's still there that needs to be healed. And you have to go in, give that self the love it needs, give that self the attention it needs, process that old energy, and allow yourself to come back to the present, you know, and then you can move forward in in a way that's balanced and in a way that's healthy and not looking at it from like a fear lens or looking at it from a, you know, a victim lens. Mm, that's excellent advice. Um, and, and, you know, we're coming up on like the season change here. And so there's going to be a lot of people who they may not have the information to know that season change caused major emotional shifts in people. Absolutely. And, you know, we're starting to go down to where the sunshine is waning and we're oh, not yeah. getting as much. And so people are really going to start to get really dark and heavy. Yes. Um, and, and so, you know, beginning the process of meditation is going to help push you through that. Yes. Get your ass outside. <laughs> Get some sunlight, oh, put yeah. your feet in the ground, take oh, yeah. your socks off, oh, yeah. go to the beach if you can. Geographically, I know some people, that's kind of tough. Um, but if you are within driving distance to the beach, you should go. Get, you by, know? get by some water, a river get or something. River, lake, <laughs> something. You know go outside, pour some bottled water on the ground. No, just kidding. <laughs> go get that libation. <laughs> get the libation. Yeah, libation, whatever you need to do. Because, you know, we're starting... We're, we really need each other. We all we got. Um, but we're having a hard time, particularly black men and black women, but I'm kind of speaking globally here, but black men and black women um, specifically, we're having a hard time connecting with each other. Yes. Um, we're having um, a very hard time being unified, being on one accord, having a hard time being uh, compassionate um, and being loving and empathetic. Um, towards one another and we're angry at each other mm -hmm. extremely angry <laughs> people are hot in these streets yes. at each other and, so, and and many times for good reason yeah. um, but we need to have some strategies um, so that we can push forward and move past it and 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 brother honest here is providing some fantastic resources for you to be able to do that um, and and is there anything that you have to say for those who maybe have maybe tried meditation before and was like, you know what? It just wasn't my thing. Wasn't my thing or... Well, it depends on the context, right? So um, I think of it as entry points, mm. right? So meditation to me is like sort of like a, you know, if we were to talk about Risha, it's like an Obata lifestyle entry point. Everybody's not going to gravitate to that, right? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's mental. Some people, they have trauma that's mental. Right. So the more they sit with their mind, the more chaotic it gets. Right. And so without a teacher, mm -hmm. them doing it on their own, it's probably going to be problematic. problematic. That's true. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. So for them, I'll say the entry point may be like, you know, we do energy healing or we'll do a burial or we do like shamanic dance. We have other entry points that, that they can enter into. And then from there, once some of their energy is a little more balanced, meditation may be an easier thing for them to practice. Got you. Got you. Got you. So talk a little bit about 
just in case people don't know what you're referring to, burial and, and, and the shamanic dancing. Sure, sure, sure. So there are a lot of different ways in which I encourage people to engage in spirituality. Some of them are nature-based, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, we do work with sun gazing. We do work with earthing. Um, the burial is kind of the furthest you can kind of go into the earth. You're just kind of in the earth for a couple hours, fully kind of engaged. Um, and that does a lot to your energy to, to, to balance you. A lot of times we spend, like for instance, as a college student, you spend so much time in your mind, you're processing the whole world through your head. And that really just takes all the energy and sends it to root you, right? Which, you know, the thing about that is the earth is alive and the earth is intelligent. So just how it can know what a plant needs, it can know what you need and what you have too much of. So it energetically starts to communicate with you. You have, you know, it's almost like putting a, a cell phone on the charger, you know? Um, it starts to talk and, and charge you up with the type mm -hmm. of energy you need. And um, and then you see that balance happen. So that's mm -hmm. a really powerful way that we kind of engage uh, uh, nature that can really, like some people, they'll start with a burial and then it's just like, whoa, you know? And then it's like, okay, when you're stuck in that ground for three hours, you ain't got no choice but to meditate. Mm -hmm. It's automatically meditative, right? Mm -hmm. But they, you know, just to sit down on their own, it's hard to do, you know. Yeah. But the process itself kind of changes your energy to the point where you may have had a lot of unstable energy running around, but that grounding kind of starts to eliminate a lot of that, right? A lot of that kind of free, random yeah. energy flowing to you. Um, the shamanic dance is a whole system. It's a bit complicated, but um, it's about what you were talking about, which is balancing the masculine and feminine energy, both inside of you and with a partner or with the community in general. So in general, we don't practice surrender, right? The word surrender is almost like to be a punk or something. Like, mm -hmm. You know, like it's synonymous with that. But, but when we say surrender, we mean surrender to your own spirit, which is the power inside of all of us. Mm -hmm. So you learn through Shemini Dance how to surrender, how to let yourself get turned over to, you know, the spirit or kundalini or ancestors or whatever you you have the idea of whatever gonna take you over right mm -hmm. but then that dances you you are not dancing right mm -hmm. and as you're doing that you're kind of dancing with somebody else and it's a back-to-back -back dance and the beauty of that is that you kind of merge that person mm -hmm. and you can kind of meet their spirit even if you don't know that person mm -hmm. right so energetically you um really get you know is is intimate it's not necessarily overtly sexual Right? Mm -hmm. But the thing about it is because the spine is like the energy superhighway. Yeah. It builds, it builds, it builds, and eventually it can become an orgasmic experience, right? Mm -hmm. um, the thing about that, though, is that it's not something that requires, like, you know how people are like, man, she got to look like this, she got to act like this in order for me to feel like this. But it's much more about, I don't even know this person, I'm not even looking at this person, it's pure energy. Right, mm -hmm. so you're meeting the spirit and you're connecting this person at the spiritual level. A lot of times, that's a lot of that's a very easy entry point. From that point, you should manage dance for two, three hours. When you sit down, you're automatically meditating. Mm -hmm. right? You're automatically meditating. You have exhausted a lot of the frustration and tensions you have. You've been flowing. You've been in sync. You've been in harmony. Mm -hmm. When you sit down, meditation is that automatic mm -hmm. after effect. So that's that's kind of what we mean by we have different entry points that allow people to get into meditation. Gotcha, and that's important for people to understand, like people are only thinking that you got to sit there and be quiet and go hum you know what I'm saying what he's saying is that's not the only way he said that's an important way and it's eventually you're gonna you're gonna need to get to that point where you're doing that but you don't always have to come in that way and you know what's what's happening is you know in our indigenous societies a lot of this stuff was already ingrained into the culture you know it's not something separate you know People usually were walking around on the earth all the time. Absolutely. People were always, because people these, these cultures were agrarian, they were always in the earth. They were always doing these things. People always would sit fireside and tell stories and mythologies. And people were always, there was always drum and dance. There was always some type of uh, spiritual music, um, you know, that kind of went along with the culture. And so... You know, in the modern day, a lot of that stuff is very fragmented. It's very split. You know, people are, you know, we're in these concrete jungles. We're not really in the earth that much. We get our food from the store. Nobody's really growing anything. Yeah. You know, we don't have a lot of spiritual music. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. True spiritual music. Yeah. Um, you know, I would say gospel music is a spiritual music, but everybody's not a Christian. I, I and, agree. I agree. But you, you can know, listen to, you know, a lot of people listen to it just for the, for the soul of it. Listen, listen all day, all day. I know people who are not Christian who are highly, um, highly touched by and, and highly uh, inspired by 
gospel music just because even you know beyond the words because they're tapping into something it's ancestral um and it has its own canon of you know of, of usefulness to us over time and so you know i understand that but really outside of that there's not really uh there's not really a lot of that 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 we can get um and so that's why these courses and these um different workshops and, and, and different types of experiences that he's providing. This is why it's important because we need to start re embedding them back into, right. you know, back into our culture, you right. know, this is sort of a Sankofa process in a way. Oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And, and, you know, if it sounded a little crazy, particularly <laughs> when he was like talking about how, you know, the earth has this intelligence and also it was like, yo, Listen, I was just reading some stuff. They were talking about how the roots of trees talk to each other Absolutely. through the algae. Absolutely. Like there really is an intelligence, you know what I'm saying, in the earth. And we need to be able to tap into that. Um, and we have to, because a lot of the answers are there to, w- to what it is that we're trying to do. I mean, we know, you know, we hear the George Washington Carver stories. Yo. And how the brother was able to communicate with plants and stuff. And that's yeah. stuff that our ancestors have been on for so long. Yeah. You know, we've been disconnected from it, but that's our roots. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So there's a thing of tapping into ancestors and tapping into nature, and they almost are synonymous. Listen. Almost synonymous. And stuff I've seen traveling the world, you know what I'm saying? I've, I've been to places, highly spiritual places, been to, you know what I'm saying, uh, like in Peru, you know, mm. up in Machu Picchu, mm. and you see... You know, the people there and they can, you know, they have their own sciences and plant spiritual science, science plant right. science and, and, and technology and all of that stuff. And, you know, even going, being in, in Nigeria and in Ghana, you know, being in the bush and, you know, there's people I know who look at plants and they'd be like, oh, don't do that one. He's not feeling well today. Yeah. Get that. You know what I'm right. saying? Like right. very, very much in tune. And, you know, a lot of people who have these type of gifts here, they may be categorized as schizophrenic or, or, or something like that. Um, just because they don't have the training and they don't have the outlet and they don't have the cultural space right. um, to be able to express the type of, of, of gifts that they have. You know, I know a lot of people who have like gifts who are seers, they can hear, you know, they have super awareness, you know what I'm saying? And for years they've been led to believe that it's been demonic or that it's uh that it's not natural or that they're crazy or or whatever and getting in control of your mind and your emotions is the first step to be able to claim your power absolutely you know what james brown said he said soul power hey <laughs> but he was so serious when he said that like your your true soul power you know and you know one of the biggest things is to be able to whether you believe in one lifetime or not, it, it you know what you believe about that. It really doesn't matter because your ass is here right now. <laughs> you know you'll find out the day after you die right, right, right. what the real what the real is. You know, or, or, or you may find out before that you meditate long enough. But talk to him. But you know, the thing is, is you have to maximize your time here. You have to live to your highest destiny. Yes. You have to figure out who you are. You got to figure out what your purpose is. You got to work your ass off to do it. And in order to work your ass off, you have to be clear headed, you know, and you have to you have to learn how to focus your energy so you that so that you can be efficient and you can be productive. Absolutely. Because there's so many people that just they're busy, 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 busy. They're constantly moving, but they're not going anywhere. Not efficient. You know, and that's the thing. The universe always wants you to be moving towards efficiency. Yeah. So our quality of life is really a factor of our ability to be efficient. And, you know, you know, when a computer becomes more efficient it becomes more quiet, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how the mind is too, right? Mm. The more efficient the mind is, the more energy actually flowing through the mind, the more quiet it is. Like, let's say, for example, when you're super focused on something, like if your favorite show comes on, your favorite music comes on, you stop everything. Mm-hmm. Your mind, you'll notice you'll get to a place of silence and you're just absorbing, mm-hmm. right? If you have like a really good food or even a good sex, you're you plugged in, you're quiet, and you're all the way there. Mm-hmm. And at those times, you're most efficient, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're operating kind of at, at, at an optimum level in, in terms of the mind. But at each level, at each layer, there's there's efficiency. And that's what we try to do is, you know, plug into each layer and make sure that people are living their highest quality of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to me, that's everybody's birthright. Um, and, and, and black people particularly have suffered a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I'm interested in how can we, as we move towards, you know, things that improve our lives, things that 
create freedom and sovereignty and all those things. How do we do that in such a way that it's also not suffering? Yeah, right. absolutely. And how do we enjoy it and make it the best the best trip to freedom as we're getting free? Right. Yeah. And I saw it's funny you say that. I saw. I wish I could uh, quote this this sister that wrote this. I don't know the sister. You know how people share stuff on Facebook and you don't know the person, but the sister was like. You know, I keep hearing people talking about they living their best life. And she's like, how in the hell can you live your best life if you're a black person? Mm. Mm. How can you live your best life? Mm. And, you know, I thought about it a few different ways. And I'm not going to go too deep into that because that can go into a whole nother conversation. But, you know, I think it speaks a lot to what we've been talking about up to this point about dealing with the trauma and 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 then moving in a way to where your life becomes orgasmic and blissful yeah. and um, and can you still be able to do that under white supremacy and can you still be able to do that and the answer is yes you yeah. can yeah. Um, and then there's also guilt on top of that mm. that a lot of people experience because they're like okay I'm getting to this point where I'm in this blissful yeah, existence yeah. but I go back to my old neighborhood I go to the family reunion True. and you know you realize you can't pull everybody absolutely with you you know and, and so and there's, there's an element of suffering that comes with that there's, absolutely and there's nothing there's nothing you necessarily can do about that except for open the door and and have as many tools as you can for when people are ready i say and and speaking about changing the energy i'm gonna segue just real quick into a, a a story if you've been following the last couple of podcasts you know i kind of went you know i went to ghana and so i had some interesting experiences um but i went on a trip where we took uh, Backyard Band, shout out to Backyard Band, mm-hmm. uh, Go-Go Band out of D.C., and they performed at the um, the, the the Slave Castle in, in Cape Coast. Okay. And I mean, they performed there. Okay. The concert was there. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And you went there? I went there. Okay. I was there. I was at the concert. Wow. And so we literally, the, 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 the trip group that we, you know, that I went with, we went on the tour. We went all through the dungeons. You could see, you know, you could still see the, the layers. You could smell it. You could, you saw the chains, and you're in there, and the energy is very somber. And but when we went there, we lit candles. When we went there, we prayed for the souls of the people who were there, who left, who were never able to return. Um, when you actually go to the door that was the door of no return, on the other side of it, it says the door of return. You know, and so, um, you know, I was talking to my brother, his name is Diallo Sumbri. He's the founder of the Adinko Group up in D.C. And he's the one that organized the whole trip. He's the one that brought the band down. And so he was telling us, he was like, you know, that place has a lot of heavy energy. He said, Go-Go is an uplifting type of music. He said, I wanted to change the energy of that place. That's a beautiful thing. I wanted to change the energy. So I brought the band that brings me the most joy. Yes there yes. and they rocked it we thing. went through the whole tour we come out man he has the whole stage set up i'm like oh shit yeah yeah yeah. we're literally dancing on the graves of the of yeah. the slave catchers yes. because they're buried there yeah. you know because it's like a you know a church environment you know on the outside so all oh, of the gotcha. all of the slavers the people who were the the the, the, the I, I don't want to say overseer i don't think that's the appropriate term for that place but the you know the, the, yeah the yeah. traders the European men who were there who got special titles and stuff like that they're buried there yeah. people are literally dancing on their graves right yeah, yeah. somebody was spitting on it too but uh. we ain't gonna talk about that <laughs> yeah they were spitting on that Night shit yeah <laughs> yeah we crazy <laughs> but what was crazy was we had this concert here with a group of African Americans and a whole bunch of native Ghanaians were there. People are dancing in their ancestral garb. You know what I'm saying? And we're all dancing together in this space, you know? And so these are some of the things that we need to do to kind of shift the energy a little bit. And we're at the point now where this is the first time we, where we really had an opportunity as a collective to actually take a moment to acknowledge the pain like we haven't even had time to do that shit we've been, we've been in pain we've been in pain through pain, pain. Through pain exactly you know, pain. <laughs> you know what i'm saying you got you know all these you know jim crow right. you know what i'm saying slave clothes and you know all of this stuff crack just, cocaine crack, just, crack you, know pain, you know you know civil rights movement people getting bust upside the head yeah. they got the dogs on you you know yeah. what i'm saying like it's so much stuff back to back to back to back to back to back that you know our generation and maybe our parents' generation, this is when we actually kind of had a moment just to be like, 
Whew, okay, we're still under attack, but we got a moment to even process this. Right. And so now that we're processing it, it's going to take a generation or two, you know, to really, because shit don't pop up. You know, it's going to pop up in your kids. You never know how, how things are going to move. But it's really important that we're super intentional. And this is why it's important to maintain your spiritual and emotional energy through meditation, through yoga practice, through, um, you know, pursuing your passions and, and, and doing the things that you think about in your head, all this divine, this is divine inspiration. You get an idea to, to do something. If you don't act on it and, and really start to put things in place to, 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 to actualize it, it will eat you up on the inside. Yes. You know, that book that you've been trying to write for the last 15 years, write that shit. See, I'm, I'm big on this right here. Yeah. Because to me, this is part of living in alignment. Mm-hmm. Right? And you can't be in alignment with yourself unless you actually are doing what you know you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, now, you know. You done said it to yourself, this one I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and no reason why, the only reason why you wouldn't do it is because of fear or because you're living inefficiently. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that we got, the kinks we got to work out. So yeah, get to their destiny. You know. Absolutely, and 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 part of that is 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 starting to be a little bit more engaged with your community. You know, find your tribe. They're yes. not always going to be in your neighborhood. They're not always going to be in your city. They're not always going to be in your state. That's why we got to leverage the internet the best we can. You know, I've met some fantastic people on the internet. Like, I wouldn't have known them if it wasn't for Facebook or IG or Twitter. Yeah. Like, people I've actually went out on a limb. You know what I'm saying? And people be like, girl, you're crazy. People crazy, girl. They kill you. <laughs> Man, I'd have met the most fantastic people and who are now a part of my tribe. Yeah. And so, and what that does is that kind of helps you spiritually replenish yourself when you're surrounded by good people and energy who are kind of have your same values and who are kind of on a similar path than you that makes the spiritual journey you know you know you know what they always say if you want to go fast go alone if you want to go far you go with somebody yeah. you go with your people and so it's important that you utilize the internet utilize all of this technology so that you can network so that you can find the people who can help you do it what it is that you need to do because you're not going to be able to do it by yourself that's one of that that that's just one thing you can't unhack in this life. You got to do your shit with some people. Yeah. You have to connect with other people because this whole existence is about connectedness and interconnectedness. Um and and and, and being able to 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 be um in harmony with others. You know, people are just not in harmony. If you're not in harmony with yourself, it's real hard to be in harmony with other people. But once you're able to get in harmony with yourself, man, you can really vibe with people you know, me even getting on and being like, hey, I think I want to do... I remember I did a post probably four years ago. I was like, hey, I think I want to do a blog or something like that. I didn't even know what the fuck a podcast was. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, I was like, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden, I was just like, oh, podcast. Oh, shoot. I got the technology in the house to do that. See? And just hit record. See? I probably had three people listening to me. You know what I'm saying? And I probably got like five people listening to me now. Stop but it's it. okay. Stop it. <laughs> no, but it's... It doesn't matter the quantity. The quality of the people who are listening to me and responding to me. You know, I got people hitting me up in Ghana like, yo, when the next episode dropping? Right. People in Uganda. Hey, man, I be listening to TT Talks. I love it. People in Canada, people yeah. down in the Caribbean and South America. And so what I lack in numbers, I have in quality and it keeps me charged and it keeps me, you know, feeling good. Like I was excited. Like, you know, I left work today and went to work. I set the mic up. I was like, oh, man, my homie coming through. I'm about, you know, and, it, and and I feel very energized. I've been up since probably 5 o'clock in the morning. Word. You know what I'm saying? I was exercising. I meditated. I went and went about my day. I worked with these wild-ass kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cheering me wild. I know it. And I love them. And, you know, work with the kids. And I actually, I'm not tired. Yes. Because I'm on purpose, yeah, you know, yes. and then you have people who maybe only they'll go to work for only six hours and they're exhausted yeah. because they're drained. They're fighting themselves. They're fighting themselves, yeah. you know, and but I also understand people have to survive. And so so what are some strategies um, that you have for people who are, you know, in a space where they know they have to make a change? Yes. Um but maybe like financially they're they're strapped and so they they can't just be like you know I ain't working here no more you know what I'm saying yeah yeah, yeah. you know something to kind of help them be able to transition or to at least pursue um, 
you know, some of their interests and still be able to survive and eat and, you know, yeah. take care of their families? That's a good question. Um, I actually um, talked a bit about this in uh, um, one of my retreats not too long ago. But one thing I'll say is the first thing is I went through this process myself where I've kind of had a nine to five and I kind of transitioned to pretty much doing what I do full time now. Um, I still teach at the university here and there, but you know, mainly what I do is my business. Um, so I recommend people get a two year plan and stick to it, right? This is my two year plan, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have this book out, I'm gonna have this business out, this is how much I'm gonna be making. And every day have integrity to that plan, right? Integrity meaning I'm going to do exactly what I said I'm gonna do. And you know, if the plan doesn't turn out, I will adjust it and make it more efficient as time mm -hmm. goes on. I won't run back and retreat into fear or into I'm not capable, whatever the case. Um, beyond that, here's the thing. The main reason why people are in survival mode is because they don't want to make the quantum leap and deal with the consequences of whether or not they will fail. Hmm. Period. So there has to be, you have to give yourself permission to not necessarily be totally successful, right? To make some mistakes, bumps along the way and pick yourself back up and keep going. You know, no one that's rich got that way if they started out poor. No one that's rich got that way by just, you know, doing one thing and everything went sailing super smooth yeah. after that. So um, there's a, a level of giving yourself permission to fail. Um, there's a level of, you know, in, in a sense, what I call living ferociously, mm -hmm. right? Which um, is a term I like, um, and, and it really has to do with, you know, not chilling on your ideas and not chilling when it's time for you to do something. Like if you say you're gonna do it, do it, but then do it and show up, mm -hmm. right? Because every time you do something, you're basically doing a ritual. And and as you're doing this ritual, the universe is listening. Like, oh, you really do want to be an actor. Like, you're mm -hmm. dead serious about it. Every time mm -hmm. you show up, you give it a thousand percent. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you're on time. You've given it extra. You um, brought something new to the table that was never there before. This is how you manifest, right? So that's ultimately the process of what we're talking about. is the process of how to manifest um, the life you want both inside and outside. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that just has to do with alignment. So your alignment has to be, okay, if you want to be a football player, you need to figure out what's the best diet for that approach. Mm -hmm. If you want to be a person that does spirituality, you got to figure out what's the best, you know, diet or mental strategy for that approach. And to me, it's just about being in alignment and living that alignment to the fullest. And that, that's the bottom line. It's not really hard. It's just we're taught more so to live in like certain um, containers. Mm -hmm. um, and to me, the container for freedom is you being in alignment with your heart and your your spirit. Mm -hmm. right? And as long as long as you do that, it might it 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 might not look how other people think it should look. That's the mm -hmm. other part. You got to give yourself permission to be like, yeah, I'm doing something. Like even what I do right now, like some people will be like, what is that? I don't even understand what it is or the value of it. But there's so many magical moments that I live in my life that it's just like. Sometimes I'm like, yo, the amount of wealth I have internally and stuff I experience is like, I couldn't even, like, I wish I could give it to you. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's naive. I don't, it's not even so much a concern of me trying to like impress anybody else or like for society to rate what I'm doing. It's more so these are the goals I have. This is the natural process I'm going through. Let me stick to that and focus on it. Mm hmm. Yeah, mm hmm. So. And that's, that's, you said a mouthful right there. That's really powerful. Um, and you talked a little bit, you kind of brushed on that with, you know, the example with the football player, you know, what kind of diet do I need? Talk a little bit about how like food yeah. impacts your spiritual self. Man. Like what you what you take, what you intake. Okay, so so, so the basics, you know, and, it, and this is a, a bit of a nuanced conversation because there is a general thing that I would say and then there also is, you know, depending on what you do, things slide in scale. Mm -hmm. So like for instance, an Olympian or a football player, they're gonna have sort of different dietary rules than the average person because the amount of energy they burn is different than the average person. So mm -hmm. the diet they eat might not really, they might eat a diet that might cause you problems in two or right. three years, mm -hmm. but they might be fine for 10, 15 years. Part of the issue that I see though with them is once they get off that mm -hmm. and they get the chilling and they back mm -hmm. in the house, mm -hmm. then they gotta go through the adjustment process, mm -hmm. right? But even still, you know, that's that can be true. But you know, food has a quality. Same way water has a quality to calm you down, same way alcohol has a quality, and we all know that it's obvious. Um, food has quality, so certain foods 
have a certain energy that they're gonna bring to you. And you can look at it kind of like, if you know what chakras are, certain foods resonate with certain chakras, or you can look at it in terms of vitamins, minerals, or whatever the case, but you need to basically make sure that you're getting a balanced food um, intake mm -hmm. so that you can feed yourself at all the levels. Like eating water in your food and drinking water is literally feeding your emotional self. People cannot be emotionally healthy if they do not have water in their system. Fresh water in their system. Mm -hmm. Tears literally bring fresh water. You haven't cried in years. You have not taken a trash out for years. You know, how are you going to be healthy? You know, so there is a direct relationship between your connection to nature. If you go to the ocean, it's just so much easier to let the, let the tears flow. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's a, it's a complete circuit. So it's like, I'm drinking my water. I'm going to fresh water. I'm going to salt water, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But also, I'm opening my heart and allowing myself to be present mm -hmm. so that becomes like a holistic thing so on one level you know there's people who will say um you know just stick to the strict diet and i think there are some diets that are more useful for some things than others i'm i'm personally a vegan i'm not a religious vegan so i don't like try to force people to do that but i tell people to experiment mm -hmm. you know do without this for a couple of days or for a week and see mm -hmm. how you feel and your body will teach you once you start cutting stuff out and you mm -hmm. try to go back to it mm -hmm. and you like whoa yeah. my body rejected this yeah. you know i tried to drink milk again and i choked or whatever there's a lot yeah. of people that have those type of stories um but if your body resonates with it go with it but um i definitely think that people should investigate the process of you know food restrictions because for the most part you know the standard american diet is killing us and our, our blood pressure's too high, our sugar's too high, um, and, and just in general, those are things that we can kind of look at. Um, there's a general rule, cutting down on sugar, cutting down on, on processed mm -hmm. foods, and cutting down on salt. But, um, you know, as far as specifics, you know, I, I'm a vegan, and I, I think that in a lot of ways, the food that we eat kind of, if you eat unconsciously, Right? Meaning like if you don't have any discrimination in your food, it kind of shows the lack of, uh, I want to say like self-care, self-love that you have. Mm -hmm. And so you should be, if you want to live your best life, putting in the best fuel. So if you look at it like a car, you know, if you want to drive a Rolls Royce, put Rolls Royce fuel in the thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. whatever you think of as the best the best food, um, go for that. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm really huge on people eating properly now I, I was a vegan for a while i'm not now i'm actually a vegan today <laughs> <laughs> i know no. so a lot of people go back to the vegan pescatarian vegan pescatarian i see it. that's yeah, a very yeah. common yeah version. i ain't even no pescatarian man i, I eat some chicken sometimes hey, but i ain't lying. love it <laughs> but you know but right but when the seasons change i get extremely uh strict on my diet oh. so right now i'm like super vegan Got it. you know what i'm saying like Fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds. That's really what I'm working with right now. And I'll do that for several months. Just as standard maintenance for my body. Like you want to do an oil change. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna, you know, eat, you know, dairy or you know, you know, engage with some processed sugar, if you're gonna eat some meat, mm -hmm. you need to spend periods of time. Even if you don't eat meat, because people who are vegan, you know, they'll slip and eat some, you know, a little bit more processed foods than they should. You know, it's not it, this is all about whole foods and processed foods. Yeah. You need to make sure that you are dedicating huge amounts of time to eating whole foods. You know what I'm saying? So I look at somebody like, and also look at how, look at what's going on in your family. If you know that, you know, diabetes is rampant in your family and people on dialysis and people got toes and legs missing and it's, it's really like this, then you have to be a maniac about sugar mm -hmm. more so than somebody else who doesn't. Right. If you have heart disease, if you got blood pressure problems in your family, then you need to be a maniac about the salt and the salt and cholesterol intake more so than people who don't necessarily have those type of issues, you know, in their family. So you need to be investigative about what is going on in your family. You need to, you know, tailor your um, your diet to that, you know, and, and, and I look at like, like, for instance, like my grandfather, who's one of the most amazing people, um, he just turned 100 last week. Wow. Amazing. And, you know, I watch how he eats. The thing about him is consistency. He always consistently exercised. Okay. Always walked. Okay. He wasn't the dude that was in the gym throwing weights up all over the place, but he consistently walked. Yeah. And he would do simple calisthenics, yeah. you know, get the little ab roller, do a couple push-ups. He wasn't in the gym throwing weights around. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He wasn't a vegan. He don't, I don't even know if he know what that is. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But 
he loathes gluttony. Uh, moderation. Moderation. Yes. He does not overeat. He does not eat too much. He prides himself on being the same size that he was 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. Like, we took a family picture. It was like 20 years apart. He had the same suit on <laughs> in the family picture. Sick. And he was so proud of that. I'm like, yo, granddaddy, that's not fly, Papa. <laughs> you gotta get, that gotta ain't get fly. <laughs> that ain't fly, Papa. But he was excited about it because he was like, I, I've maintained myself, yeah. you know. And, and, and I watch how he eats. Does he eat sweets? Yeah, but not a lot. He had a sweet tooth, but he would limit himself. Yeah. You know, did he like meat? Yeah, but he wasn't, he, you know, he, he liked a lot of fresh things. And he was also a farmer. You know, he taught agriculture at FAMU for See, a long time. So beautiful. he grew a lot of his own fruits and vegetables. He had friends that grew, so they would trade out, swap out. So he was, you know, he incorporated a lot of whole foods into his diet. And so I'm like, okay, if I eat just a little bit better than him, hey. I may have a shot. Hey, that's because I'm genetically similar to him. That's true. You know what I mean? That's true. Um, and so we kind of got to have these. This is why family history is important so that you can know, you know, what you up against. What you up against because this stuff is generational. Not just the trauma, but all of the health stuff. You yeah, know? that's a that, that's a good thing that you talk about. You know, just him having that longevity is there mm-hmm. in the bloodline. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that we didn't mention that I do want to mention. I think portion control is really important. Moderation is really important, but also fasting, mm-hmm. right? So, um, you know, during the season, usually when the seasons change, I'll, I would do, usually do at least a three-day fast or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and people do that in varying ways, whether it be a fruit fast or raw food fast, or sometimes people do just water. Um, it doesn't matter so much, you know, whatever you need to fast from. You know, sometimes you might just need to do a social media fast or whatever it mm-hmm. is, you know. Um, but, but that's another way to regulate and kind of cleanse out um, because your, your body never gets a vacation. You know, your heart is working all the time. Your kidney's working all the time. You know, you might get a vacation, but usually when you're on vacation, you might go even harder on your body than yeah. when you're chilling because you, you eat extra. You know what I'm saying? You might drink a little extra, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. So, you know, um, give your body a vacation. It'll thank you for it, and it'll run more efficiently. I definitely think fasting is another important element to, to the whole dietary um, improvement. Absolutely. Get your spirit together. Get your mind together. Control, And it helps you to control your cravings, too, mm-hmm. when you're able to fast or you're able to cut out certain things. And that's where the spiritual discipline comes in. Because there's going to be a time when you cut the itch. sugar out. You're going to be like, oh, shit. I need to get that coffee. I need some donut. Yeah, you know, where well, yeah. you're going to get that. And this is where the spiritual endurance comes in. This is where that mental fortitude. And this is how, you know, dependent. it doesn't matter what spiritual tradition you have. There is a message in when you're hearing that, you know, you know, of people fasting for 40 days. You know what I'm saying? The spiritual discipline that you have to have to be able to do that is not it's 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 not just a metaphor or anything like that. It's really telling you this is the level of spiritual fortitude that you have to have to become your higher self. You have to be able to have that type of discipline. If you can't even control whether or not you eat, you know, drink some coffee or or, or have a donut, how are you going to be able to control, you know, spirit negative spiritual forces that are happening in your life? You know, very basic level. You know what I'm saying? This is people think that know thyself is a very, you know, kind of arrogant statement or whatever. But no, know thyself is the key to this whole shit. Yeah. Know yourself, understand yourself. Meditation is what's going to help you get there. Brother Jay, please tell the people, just run the whole list down. <laughs> where they can find you on social media, okay. your website, and all of that. Okay, so um, my website is www.honorsyoga.com. That's honors with an S, honorsyoga.com. Um, there you'll find my event, upcoming events. Um, which right now I have a sacred sexuality retreat and I have a Roots to the Sky retreat coming up in Tallahassee in October, late October. Um, also, um, on Instagram, I'm at Honors Yoga. And on Facebook, my name is Jay English. I have a, also have a meditation group on Facebook called Meditation and Spiritual Growth. And I'm trying to think, is there anything else? Social media? No. Good. You got any Twitter? Anything? Uh, no, nah, no, nah, my Twitter. I got a crypto Twitter, but I don't got it. Got that's it. A whole nother that's conversation. a whole other conversation. Oh, shit. <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's interesting. We're going to have to talk offline about that. Oh, yeah. But, um, brother, thank you so much for coming in, sharing knowledge and wisdom. I'm hoping this, this can help somebody or help, you know, a whole lot of bodies yes. to, to be better people. 
uh, to be better citizens, to be, um, you know, better forces in their family and in their communities. Because what we need is we need people with spiritual fortitude, you know, and, and, and meditation, energy healing is is the way to do it. So, brother, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having Always me. Always a pleasure to see you and have you. Send love to, to your wife and daughter for me from TT. And uh, thank you all for tuning in. Now, see, good things happen when you rock with me, don't it? <laughs> Thanks again, Brother Jay English, for coming on and, and delivering your perspective and your wisdom. Um, I hope that everybody got something from the show, able to get some resources and, uh, you know, learn to look within for some answers. You know what I mean? I got one more thing that I want to do before we leave. I got a song that I want to play for y'all. It's called Bata by my brother D-Large out of Nigeria. I'm going to tell y'all a quick story. A couple years ago, I was in Paris. I was waiting to get on a flight to Lagos, Nigeria. And in the process, I saw this brother that was in the terminal with me. And we got on the plane. And when we got on the plane, he called me over like, hey, come holler at me. He seemed like you're cool. Sat on the plane. We chopped it up for a little while, exchanged information. And he was telling me how he's really grinding, trying to get his you know, music career going. And I was like, hey, I support you, man. I, I like to see people uh, following their dreams and their passions and in the grind. And uh, his uh, latest single called Bata hit my timeline. And uh, I didn't have a chance to immediately listen to it. But I went back and listened and I was like, hey, this is the vibe right here. So this is my get ready to get to work music. You know what I'm saying? Uh, making sure that uh, I'm vibing hard to this song and I wanted to share it with you all. So I sent a quick message to my brother D-Lodge and said, hey man, can I play it on the show? He's like, hey, play it on the show. So y'all are going to vibe with it as well. Shout out to D-Lodge, shout out to Nigeria, and shout out to Ebo Land. Ebo folk doing it big, man. Got D-Lodge, he's Ebo. You got uh, Chimamanda and Gose Adichie. Uh, the critically acclaimed writer, she's doing her thing. Yvonne Oji is doing her thing on uh, Insecure. And you got Toby Wigwick, whose music is jamming and hot. Um, he's probably my favorite artist right now. Chiwetel Ejiofor. I mean, Igbo, Igbo folk is just doing their thing. So I just want to salute my Igbo folk. Y'all know I love Nigeria. It's like my second home. And I want y'all to vibe to this tune, Batter by D-Large. It's D-Large, baby. baby. MSG. Yo, but now you go cure the